position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite. The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 354 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Friday. Oh, it's not a Friday the 13th. It's Friday, August 6th. What the fuck? How did I lose my mind? Shit. I was convinced. Okay, I've lost my mind. Ivor, crack engineer, Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign because he will work for food now that he's fired. Friday the 13th again? Again, Ivor? You fu- Is there even going to be a Friday the 13th this month? Oh, it's next week. Okay. Alright, yeah. You're double fired! Um. (laughs) Holding up the whiskey sign. Mm. Anyway, Friday, August 6th at uh, 1.54 1.50pm Pacific Coast time, left coast, coast the most. That make it for our sequel friends, of course. Uh, 2021, 08, 06. 1350. <coughs> uh, we have a... We're going to try to cram as much show into as short a show as possible. Before we have a lot of stuff to get to. So let's get to our top stories this week. Uh, 
It's not Friday the 13th again. I've already supposed to update the goddamn... Run- anyway, uh, it is Friday, August 6th, which is a significantly different way to build a theme show around. No, anyway, we didn't have a theme for this week. Anyway, last night I discovered... Uh, I've been watching the, the Olympics, even though it's the fucking weirdest Olympics. Go get your fucking vaccinations, everybody. Like, seriously, if you haven't gotten the shot... Shut up and go get the shot. But uh, it's weird watching the Olympics without any crowds or anybody there to cheer. And I discovered a new sport that I had never seen before in my entire life last night. Because what I've been doing is every night um, after I've ex- after I get exhausted from the news, I will get I'll begin to get stoned and start playing PGA Tour 2K21 or the Ascent. And uh, I'll put on my TV, I'll put on the Olympics. And what I look for now, um, just as I do for the Winter Olympics, more or less, I look for the craziest, spinny, flippy ninja bullshit with the hottest broads in the least amount of clothes. Um, And so for a while, I made, I loved women's beach volleyball. They look like fucking aliens. They They look like creatures from Avatar, they're all like nine feet tall, look like they grew up in like some sort of weird zero-g arcology in outer space and evolved over like millions of years to have like these super long arms and beautiful little asses and they wear no clothes and they tackle each other and make out when they win, but that's all over I think, and so last night I was I was depressed because I was like, oh well, fuck, what are we gonna what are we gonna watch? Where my, where my uh, hot daffy broads doing fucking awesome shit, and I discovered Olympics rhythmic gymnastics. I had never seen rhythmic gymnastics before. You get a ball, a hoop, a baton, or a ribbon. I had seen ribbons once before, but ribbons are the least exciting thing. It's the hoops that are amazing. Either circus, ninja, ballet. Dance off, solo, acrobatic, gymnast, spinny, flippy, omega hot, unbelievable music box works of art creatures doing uh, solo floor performances with uh, the apparatus of their choice. I saw the qualifiers last night and I watched three, over three hours of it. And I was not stoned when I started. I could not. I was very stoned by the time it was over. Could not look away. Unfucking believable. Has to be the most intense thing I've ever seen in Olympics in terms of the skill level and the amount of punishment. It's a two minute routine, and you have to do one of each. Um. So, and you're you're only a specialist in one of the apparatus apparatuses. So, like, you know, let's say that you're really, really good at the hoop and you put, you know, like all this time and, and effort into it. the way they scored is crazy too. Cause there is a, there's no limit. There's two scores that combine to make your final score. There's the first score is the difficulty. Cause, like, just like um, an Olympic gymnast floor routine, I guess they give the routine that they're going to attempt to the judges in advance. And they score that for the difficulty. 
I think that's how that works. I have no idea. It might just be that they... No, I, I, because the other score is their execution. But the crazy thing about the difficulty is, and I've never heard of this in any sport ever, there is no upper limit on the value of the difficulty. So, like, difficulty can range from, like, one to, like, 9,999 billion, you know, whatever, which is nuts. It doesn't make much sense, but it's also a highly subjective sport. When you see, these bitches with the hoops. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. They have a bright... All of these chicks have a bright future in porn. No matter what happens to them with their Olympic dreams and, you know, their gymnastic careers. But uh, that or, you know, ribbon cuttings at methadone clinics or, uh, you know, um, all sorts of career possibilities. But this has to be the most intensely difficult fuck in terms of sheer skill. I don't know, like ski jumping is probably up there for me, but this is just crazy because it's a two minute long solo routine. You have to you, you do two for the qualifiers and then you that that was 26 uh, 26 uh, competitors last night, only 10 advanced to the finals. Um, it's just a two minute routine it's a dance routine with extreme gymnastic and ballet and juggling elements if you fuck up at all you are destroyed scores are brutal so you have unlimited amount of difficulty you can put into your routine theoretically then you have an execution score which caps at 10 so basically, it seemed like uh, last night for the qualifiers, everyone was clocking in around 14 to 16 to 17, I think, uh, difficulty. If you fuck up at all, your execution score is, br- it's like Olympic diving. It is brutally savaged by these judges. Um, and so you have this awesome combination of showmanship gymnastics, I mean, unbelievable gymnastics. It's all done with like a ballet uh, dance kind of a poppy kind of dance focus. None of them have any rhythm. Well, not none of them. They have more rhythm than most Olympic quote-unquote dance things, except for ice dancing. But anyway, unfucking believable Check out the hoops from last night. Fuck the ball fuck the ribbon, the baton is absolutely insane, but the hoops were unbelievable like, it's Cirque du Soleil by the way I once, I had a one night stand with a Cirque du Soleil gymnast but that's a long story um, out here, because that's a true story too um, because he used to come to the frog like once a month they did like a whole they like revolved the majority of the cast and they brought in like the understudies or whatever and gave like the cast a week off. It's like it happened every month or every two months or something like that. And they weren't like super insane party people, but they were really fun because they were all show people. And uh, it's one chick really liked piano and they used to come to the frog. And anyway, it's a different story altogether. So, speaking of a different story altogether, I have a war story of epic proportions for you this week. But before we get to that, 
because we are the best Linux games podcast, thought we might talk about some Linux video games. Um, first off, in uh, our you know unfortunately long running now uh, mini feature, it doesn't work. One of the most anticipated games that I've wanted to play uh, over the past, I don't know, three weeks, something like that, um, has been High Fleet, uh, which came out July 27th. So, yeah, but I've been waiting for it for a while. This is like the rebirth of Microprose. And it's supposed to be one of the best and most unusual video games ever made. It doesn't work on Linux. So don't get High Fleet. Not yet. Um, in other news, uh, The Ascent, which we prominently featured last week, we will have a full review of it next week. Um, I'm ready to do my full review of it pretty much right now because I've fallen head over heels in love with this game. I've logged 35 hours in under 10 days, which is pretty extreme, especially considering that I lost five days due to the war story I'm about to tell you. But before we get to the war story, because that's I guess that's going to be a fe- our feature, I don't know. We'll, f- I don't know. We'll, we're breaking the format, Ivor. We're fucked. We're off the, we're off the reservation. We're going chicken killer. Okay? We are going chicken killer on this episode. Mm. So our feature will be a war story, and then I don't know. I was going to do a what I'm playing, but why am I why am I explaining this to you right now? This Ivor, you're fired. Shit, shit. This is your job, Ivor. Your job, not my job, not the listeners' job. So, um, the ascent. One note that uh, I discovered last night, um. The Ascent actually runs best, at least on my system. I'm running Mint 20 Tessa or whatever. Uma. 20.02. I got a 1080Ti for a video card. And I'm running the 147, 145 series of the NVIDIA drivers just in case you care um, but the Ascent runs better for me without using any Proton, just using straight up Steam Play um, it runs better for me that way than it does with any of the Glorious Egg Roll Protons um, that I've tried it fixes a lot of the stuttering makes the game I would say 15% more enjoyable the performance boost that I got from ditching Proton and just going with the straight up Steam Play, so no compatibility no forced compatibility um, layer thing or whatever game runs really good, I am I think I'm. I, it's kind of depressing, I think I'm nearing the end I I do, I know that I have two side, two major side quests that are outstanding, but I can't get to them until I finish, um some more story stuff and it's like I'm at the end of the game which is depressing but it's also really hard and by the time it gets really hard you really know what the fuck you're really doing kind of um and so the action just yeah 
I highly recommend The Ascent. If you like Diablo and you've been looking for Diablo 3 or whatever, you've been looking for a multiplayer game that's like just a blastum death fest. Here's my favorite thing about The Ascent. When you die, you keep all of the uh, stuff that you got. You get to keep all the credits that you got during b- before your death. You get to keep all your experience points. You get to keep all of the unique items that you may have looted. Um, you get to keep all of the bounty uh, chits that you may have killed. But it's the experience points that really make it the best because that means that even when you're dying constantly, you are still slowly leveling up, sometimes very rapidly. In fact, best advice for people who are new to Ascent, get on with somebody who can, you know, get you toward, get you as far balls deep into the most difficult parts of the game as possible. Um, I'm talking about, like, you know, maybe 15 hours into the game. Or go seek them out yourself. Because it's worth just dying against those enemies. Because if you get, like, three kills, you know, when they're level 20 and you're level 2, um, if you can get those kills, just two of them, you know, that's a level. Yeah, I'm exaggerating, but, you know, it's it's up there. In fact, if you're, yeah. Other cool thing about The Ascent is that it weights the the more people that are in your party, the more enemies it gives you, the harder it makes those enemies, but it scales because they're trying to compensate for the ability to revive downed teammates. Blaster and I had a fucking fuck ton of fun earlier this week with the Ascent. So, our feature this week, I guess, is oh yeah, so I was going to do a what I'm playing episode, but whatever. There are three good skate games that I have found this week that are relatively new. One of them is just new to me. We'll start with the best one. It's called Epic Skater 2. And this was originally designed for touch devices. It's an older code, so I was just about to clear them. Let's see when did this come out. Epic Skate 2. Which it's not Tony Hawk, yeah, this came out three years ago, November eighth, November eighth, twenty eighteen. It's four, it's fifteen bucks, so it's expensive. But if you're jonesing for a skate game, you know, blah. This is you're on a rail, but it's all procedurally generated, and you can trick off of anything, and it gets incredibly fast and incredibly. It's not incredibly technical because it's designed for touch interfaces, but it works great with a joystick. Um. But it's all procedurally generated. So there's like an endless mode that is truly endless. Another, But you're on a rail, technically. Like it's a side-scrolling pseudo-3D thing. That's another mechanic that our next game... I'm just going to try to buzz through these as fast as possible because I want to get out of here in like the next 25 minutes so that I can get ready for Leonard, my piano tuner, um, and get in some more of the Ascent beforehand. So speaking of like skate on a rail, we're talking about like the camera is tracking at like a demi three quarters isometric perspective of a pseudo 3D world where your skater is just in the center of the the geography. So anything that's in between them and you has to either be jumped over, ground on, or otherwise dealt with or crashed into. Same mechanic applies to Skate City. 
which is very interesting. It came out May 6, 2021. Um, it's also $14.99. It is the cel-shaded, you know, uh, Killer 7 style, tune shaded, lo-fi, pseudo 3D, you know, uh, fade to black type of uh, uh, obtuse polygonal polygonal and triagonal uh, faces um, version of Epic Skater 2. Skate City is not as good as Epic Skater 2, but it is slightly more realistic. I like everything about Epic Skater 2 more than I like about Skate City, but Skate City is number two on this list because it's a really good skate game. And finally, um, this game is completely unlike either of the other two, and this one's brand new. It's called... I've only played this game for seven minutes, but it is called The Ramp. And it builds itself as a digital school, digital toy for skateboard-loving people. Pure flow, no extra fluff. And there are only, like, four environments in the ramp, and they are all giant fucking ramps. One's a pool, one's a vert. Uh, there's, a, there's another pool, and then there's a, a giant 720 skater-die style, like the arcade game uh, from the 80s. Uh, ramp into infinity... A giant ramp into infinity. This came out uh, three days ago, August 3rd. It is, right now, it's 20% off through August 10th, but it doesn't matter because it's full price is $5.99. It's 20% off at $4.79, making it the cheapest entry. It's also one of the most fun, but it has a unique, because it's totally focused about dying on ramps and tricking like a mad motherfucker on ramps and verts and pools and stuff. It's not the courses, it's not, like the map is like the size of a pool. It's or the size of a vert, you know, a half pipe. Um, but it's also, it's also pixel, pseudo, you know, cell shade, pixel trash, but it's really detailed controls that make it, and really good physics model, and really brutal rendering of catastrophic failure that make it so much fun to play, and it is completely worth five bucks. I've only played it for seven minutes, but the ramp is is a blast. So if you if you don't want to spend fifteen bucks for either the other two arcade um, skateboard games that are on this list and why why did why did I why did I put this list together because skateboarding is in the Olympics this year I haven't gotten to see any of it though um but just knowing that made me want to play some Tony Hawk made me want to play some uh some arcade you know shit that makes me feel like a badass not like uh the other highly technical skateboard games we featured on this show in the past like uh, Skate right? Is that that's the name of that one that I got obsessed with right? No, Session Session, that game is unbelievably insanely difficult and hyper technical and it's only fun after you put in like hours I mean literally hours of work just to learn how to fucking how to fucking ollie like over like three stairs 
you know, block. Like, you want to do a fucking 180 kickflip? Like, uh, my good old friend Joe. Come on, get up. Good fucking luck. I did it one time in the game. I barely landed it. Um, yeah, so the, so our three skate games, Epic Skate Games, Epic Skater 2, that's my number one pick. It's 15 bucks. Skate City, it's also 15 bucks. And then the ramp, which is like $5. Um, yeah, so now Ivor, based on what the feature will try to keep it under 10 minutes. So, unusual for this show, but we have a feature. It's a war story this week. I'm going to try to keep it under 10 minutes. I'm not going to spin this one into too long of a fucking pirate yarn but out of my I'm okay I'm 41 now so out of my 28 years of computing and over 25 years of computing with Linux specifically it's not a Linux problem though I have never seen or heard of this ever happening and I built tons of computers I mean I used to do I used to do builds and consulting, I used to kit out workstations, like, oh, you need 10 of these? Okay, fine. You know, price it out, blah, 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 blah. I only did that a couple times, because it's a big pain in the ass. You need so much space just to fucking store. Anyway, bottom line is this. So after um, last month's hard drive scare, and not hard drive scare, it was uh, upgrading my hard drive from 4 terabytes to 8 terabytes. I finally pulled my old hard drive because the new hard drive was working fine after I lost, you know, fucking a week, maybe 10 days trying to figure out. No, 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 no. that wasn't what happened. I lost, uh, I lost a weekend that time. This time I lost five days. But anyway, so I got that new hard drive in and all the data transferred and everything was good. Then, like Wednesday of last week, I started getting these weird in out errors and shit would start freezing and this got progressively worse and worse and worse into Thursday morning and I should have mentioned this in last week's episode but one of the reasons why I was so excited to record last week's episode and one of the reasons why apart from the thunderstorm that I cut it short was the sensation that I was on borrowed time because when the hard drive by Friday when the hard drive would act up, it would disappear from the system. And this is where my home partition was. So, all of a sudden, you know, like, I'll be working on something, and bam, IO errors up the ass if I'm looking at a at a, at a file transfer in the terminal, or if I'm, you know, looking at any, uh, any applications, you know, terminal uh, error logs or whatever in real time, and then desktop blanks and yeah, and so on reboot, now here's what was really confusing, because I'm like, okay what is going on with this drive? This is a brand new fucking Seagate drive you know, did I fuck it up you know, blah 
by Friday, it was 2080 that on reboot, even if it would get to like mint, that once I logged in, it would just drop me back to the login screen after, and this took like a long time. All of this shit takes a long time. Because obviously, you know, and I knew this once I realized that I was getting these in-out errors, and I figured that out by, you know, Thursday afternoon. Um, I knew that the drive was either crashing or experiencing a thermal panic or a head crash or some sort of weird defect that was causing it to freak out and disconnect itself like from the SATA universe of computing in some way because that's what was happening but I I knew that by Thursday afternoon that when that happened that it was going to you know corrupt the journal and it was going to write a bunch of you know garbage to the disk when that happens because it's like it's like obviously the drive was becoming unmounted because there was good probability that on reboot only 20% of the time would the drive still be there and here was the craziest thing so you know and I ran, I did everything I ran FSIC, I ran smart control smart control came back it's like no dude your disk is fine the times that I could get it to work the times that like the drive showed up the other crazy thing, so I started timing it anytime that it did work and I could get into a full-fledged X window session. Because now I'm freaking out because this is my only copy of the last three weeks of work that I've done on my home partition. Because uh, I hadn't re- I hadn't restarted my cron jobs for my incremental backups for my home partition because I knew that I would be working on it um, after doing the upgrade. I didn't know that it was gonna like constantly fail, but here's the craziest thing about this: I started timing it. If I could get into an X window session, sometimes I could play all the games that I wanted for like ten hours. Sometimes I could get fifteen minutes. Sometimes I'd be working on uh, in a spreadsheet for three and a half hours saving constantly because that was my big fear last week with the podcast, it was like a golden fucking moment where I was like, okay, well you know what, maybe we have enough, so it was totally random as to when the drive would disappear from the system, occasionally it showed up um, in the, once I got into Mint, uh, this happened one time, it showed up as a removable drive, and I'm like what the f- fuck is going on and so I mean I have sick the shit out of it you know the times that I could find it and you know rebuilt the journals and you know air and bam clean but as time went on that 20% possibility of it showing up on reboot became smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where it was like 10% I'm it takes a long time to reboot a system that you know has dirty fucking bad CRC shit you know blah 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 in your home partition and you don't even know half the time if 
your desktop is actually going to be there and your home partition will exist or it's just going to kick you back. So, you know, it's a lot of fucking time. And so I started to lose my mind because I could not figure out what the fuck it was. Sometimes it shows up, sometimes it doesn't. When it does, sometimes it'll last for like a whole fucking day, regardless of computing activity. That was the other thing I determined, that it was not about the amount of disk writes or reads that were occurring on the drive that determined when it failed. And it didn't fail. It just fucking disappeared. It unmounted itself while mounted. What the fuck is that? That is impossible. I mean, like, unless it's a head crash. Or unless there's some sort of, you know, weird thing with the firm, you know, I'm starting to investigate all this shit. So this went on all goddamn weekend until Sunday. I, I, I had had enough. I spent $300 on a new 8 terabyte hard drive. Amazon shipped it to me that day. They shipped it to me. It was same day delivery on Sunday. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to rip out this whole fucking hard drive. I'm going to put in the fucking, oh, I'll lose whatever the fuck. Because I did actually, that was the other thing that made this so time intensive. Um, I had to set up an R-Sync to do an emergency backup of all six terabytes of that eight terabyte drive to my ZFS array, which took forever because it kept getting interrupted, which is another great reason why R-Sync is so awesome. Only took like 12 hours and it did it in the fourth throw. The fourth time I got back. But that took five hours plus ten hours on top of each, you know, failed R-Sync and stuff. Anyway. But I had a... I wasn't going to lose anything. And that's why Sunday I'm like, you know, that's it. Fuck it. I'm going to buy a new driving... You know, I can fucking R-Sync it back from my ZFS array. And I'm going to rip out this fucking hard drive. I'm going to smash it with fucking sledgehammer, claw hammer, clown hammer, hammer time. I don't give a fuck that I just bought this last month. And then I'm going to send it back to Amazon. I'm going to return it. So I go to pull out the drive. And it comes right out. Now, because uh, I, I have a Nanoxia Deep Silent, it's one of my favorite system cases. It's actually the, my all-time favorite system case ever made. It has like 10 SATA drive bays with sleds. To pull out any drive, you have to disconnect both the power and the, the SATA cable from the rear. That's on the other side of the chassis. Yes, if there's nothing connected, it is easy to slide a drive, you know, flick hot swapping or whatever, drive in and out of... It's not designed for that, though. It has a separate cage for actual hot swaps the front. But anyway, I go in to pull out this drive after checking the serial number, making sure it was the right right drive, because now I have... Everything's 8 terabytes in there almost everything, there's only uh, SSD, two SSDs that one is part of my ZFS array, manages my uh, my cache or whatever, I can't remember what they call it in ZFS um, 
And then the other one is actually my operating system. It's a terabyte SSD. Uh, where my root partition lives. This drive slid right out. With no fucking pulling or anything. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, it doesn't matter. So I throw in the new drive. And I made, I made sure that the other drive was, you know, all disconnected. And I slid it back in. And then I, I rebooted. You know, I partitioned it and everything. The new drive. And then I started R-syncing from the ZFS array. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Canceled that. Powered off. Opened up the computer again. Plugged in the, the SATA cable and the, the power for the old hard drive. Leaving both drives connected. Because I have enough... I have enough bays. I'm now out of bays. Um... And then I rebooted after I I had switched my home in my F-stab to the new drive, even though there was nothing on there. Because I knew I could, you know, it would get me into a working system, theoretically. But I wanted to see you know, blah. And sure enough, it fucking worked. Mounted the old hard drive to, you know, a temporary fucking mount point. R-synced directly off of that onto the new drive it took eight hours. It was like twice as fast as your ass. New hard drive is a much better hard drive. It's a, a Western Digital uh, black gaming hard drive, eight terabytes. Um, but it took eight hours and there were no failures. So I rebooted again because now, like, the old hard drive is not even gonna... it's not in, in the F-stab anymore. It's just the new hard drive. But just for fun, I mounted it and just to see, like, if it would go away and it didn't go away. Didn't go away at all. This was the old hard drive was the dis- phantom disappearing hard drive. And it was then that I realized somehow the SATA cable for that drive had been just enough in onto the pins onto the little circuit board pin but just enough out that any vibration to the case was causing it to lose connection to the system because I use these G-string thin super pro right angle um, premium they look like blue spaghetti uh, SATA cables they're supposed to clip in these don't quite clip in but they they're very secure. I've never heard of anything like this ever happening. So that was why my drive would occasionally vanish. Oh God! I have our cancel the alarms! They found me! Oh, the hard drive is going to critical! 
I will see you next week for Friday the 13th again. Cheers, get your shot. And uh, yes, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. How's that for a war story? Almost as good as when the, the, the night cleaning lady on the weekends would disconnect the entire fucking power cable to the entire fucking router. And uh, Chris, it's Chris Fisher's old story. Anyway, cheers. Catch you later. I'm coming! Wait a minute, I'm blind! I'm blind! That thing cut me off! Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go, yaddy yaddy yo, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. We bought one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop 2. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop 3. Yada, 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 four or five times. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. is fucking ponderous man ponderous fucking ponderous it only runs on linux it's not a problem you alienated part of america i alienated crazy people i like it very much it is i eb farm you're becoming hysterical i'm here i'm there i'm fucking everywhere i'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.